Yeah, you're never scared, people, because it's Thursday, which means your film dose is locked and ready to go. It's chin check. Or <laughs> it's even echoes from the chamber. Echo chamber. God damn, it's echo chamber, people. <laughs> Bone Crusher got me way too hyped Yo Yes, yes, yes people It is this week's Echo Chamber And um Yeah, as we do Let's take a look and see The top 10 films streaming In the UK right now Okay, so At number t- t- 10 We've got the Russo Brothers Avengers Endgame Right? There's a few Marvel things up in this And you gotta feel That's on the back of WandaVision Yo, we talked WandaVision In yesterday's Echoes from the Void So go check that out Because WandaVision is off the hook, people Alright So that means this week's number n- 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 nine. Well, it's the Harry Potter collection. Okay, so um, yeah, people be bored, so they're going back to some of those old, familiar films. At number eight, it's kind of where. You know what I mean? It, it got started in the new era, that is, because, yo, Blade got it started, but John Favreau got things popping in 2008 with Iron Man. Yes, Robert Downey Jr., Favreau himself as Happy Hogan, and Gwyneth Paltrow, and the obliteratory Stanley Cameo. Iron Man set the stage for everything. You know what I mean? Phase one was born, people. Oh, and how good was it? Right? So, at number seven, we've got Robert Zumakis's, you know what I mean, re-envisioning of Ronald Dahl's The Witches, starring Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer. Christina Chenworth and Jazia Bruno. So at number six, 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 we've got Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous. Um, oh my gosh, what is that woman's name? The crazy one, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Whew. All right, so this came from Kathy Yan. Right, starring Margaret Robbie, Ewan McGregor, Mary Elizabeth Winsmouth, and the incredible Jimmy Smollett. Yes! Alright, it's time we are in the top five. Five, five! So, I never watched this, but at number five, it's Hellraiser Judgment. Alright, so this came from Gary J. Tunicliffe And it starred, you know, Tunicliffe himself Heather 
Langerie, Landerberg, Paul T. Taylor, and Randy Wayne. Alright, at number four, people, we've got Wes Bells, Maze Runner, The Death Cure. Yes. So this had Dylan O'Brien, Thomas, um, Thomas Brody Sugator. We had um, Kea Sodabrio and Ki Hong Lee. Man, I really can't pronounce names. <laughs> All right. So at number three, we've got a new one from Edward Drake. Right? It is Cosmic Sin, starring Bruce Willis, Frank Grillo, Adelaide Kane, and Alana. Alright, so that's I think that's our sole new new film. Alright, at number two. It's The Secret Garden from Mark Mundoon, starring Dixie Egerich, Amir Wilson, Julie Walters, and Colin Firth. So, what is this week's number one, people? Well, if I say the name John Watts, (laughs) that should help. Yes, it is Spider-Man Far From Home. Tom Holland, Zenanda, Jake Gyllenhaal, Marissa Tomei. Hey, it's your friendly neighborhood web slinger at his best. That's right, people. So, before we get into this week's films, here's a little bit of information for the calendars, alright? So, get your pens and paper ready now. People, it is nearly March and your friendly neighborhood horror streaming platform Shutter. Oh, they've got some good stuff for you. So, as they do, they will be dropping a movie premiere every week of March, right? Every week of March, including, you know, continuation of season two of the hit series, A Discovery of Witches. So, the first film to drop on the 4th of March is Lucky. Alright, we'll be talking about this next week, people. So, uh, yeah, don't fear. But life takes a sudden turn for May. Right? A popular self-help book author when she finds herself the target of a mysterious man with murderous intentions. Every night, without fail, he comes after her. And every day, the people around her barely seem to notice. With no one to turn to, May is pushed to her limits and must take matters into her own hands to survive and regain control of her life. Dum, dum, dum. So this is a written by and starring Brie Grant and directed by Natasha Kerman. 
Okay, so we've also got the following week on the 11th of March, stay out of the attic, right? So, a diverse group of ex-cons turned movers, played by Morgan Alexandria, Ryan Francis, Bryce Fernelius, you know, They're convinced by their creepy client, Vern Muller, to pull an all-nighter for a generous pay bump. As the night progresses and rooms are cleared, they slowly uncover the horrors that exist inside his old Victorian mansion, including booby traps, human experimentation, Experimentation Nazi monsters And more Will they survive the night It is written and directed By Joran Lauder So then The next week on the 18th Of March You've got Slacks Okay, so a, pade- a, ugh, a possessed pair of jeans is brought to life to punish the unscrupulous practices of a trendy clothing company. Shipped to the company's flagship store, Slacks proceeds to wreck carnage on staff locked in overnight to set up the new collection. It's starring Romaine Dennis, Brett Danahu. Sierra Bajani, Stefan Bogart, and it's directed by Ella Kemphart. Okay, so then, actually, on the same day, the 18th, you will be getting Coco de Coco da. And um, this is as an unhappy couple, you know. Um, Embark on a camping trip to find their way back to each other. A sideshow artist and his shady entourage emerge from the woods, terrorizing them, luring them deeper into a maelstrom of psychological terror and humiliating slapstick. And it's directed by Johannes Nelham. Right, so then the following week on the 25th, you have a violation. Okay, so this was an official selection to Toronto International, Sundance and South by Southwest Film Festivals. With her marriage on the verge of collapse, Miriam returns to her hometown to seek solace in the comfort of her younger sister and brother-in-law after years apart. In one evening, a small slip in judgment leads to a catastrophic betrayal, leaving Miriam shocked, reeling and furious. She embarks on an extreme course of action to address the situation, but the price of revenge is high and she is not prepared for the toll it takes as she begins to emotionally and psychologically unravel. So this is co-written and co-directed by Madeline Sims Fuhr and Dusty Mancelli. Damn, right? They all sound pretty damn great. Also playing in March, you've got The Burning, 
Anterville 2, The Possession, The Devils, right? Sword of God, Edge of the Axe, Vampires, Prey, Butcher, Baker, Nightmare Maker. Oh, good. <laughs> good little title, that. You've got Hosts. You've got It Cuts Deep, Game of Death, Shakmara. Nosferatu, the cabinet of Dr. Caligri, the great Gabo, white zombie, let's scare Julie, white of the eye, the untamed, there is a lot people, so if you don't have Shudder, why the hell not, you call yourself a horror fan? People, it might only be March, but... Hey, it's time to um, take note because April is going to be a bumper-packed month if you are a Shudder subscription holder, you know? April showers bring a packed lineup of new horror films and series to Shudder. AMC Network's premium streaming service for horror, thriller and supernatural. For its annual halfway to Halloween month, with April marking the halfway point to Halloween, the streamer will celebrate its biggest month of programming yet. With a loaded slate of Shudder original films and series, an exclusive documentary, a library of cult classic favourites, and the return of halfway to Halloween hotline. Some do Christmas in July, but at Shudder, they celebrate Halloween in April to mark the halfway point to the greatest holiday of the year. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they have got a lot. So, the second season of Creep Show premieres on the 1st of April, with new episodes dropping every single Thursday. You know, so you have that to look forward to, people. Uh, also, on the 1st of April, is going to be the premiere of Train to Busan Presents Pen Penusilia. Pen Penicillia, I'm pronouncing it wrong, but you know what I'm talking about, people, right? So, four years after South Korea's total decimation in Train to Busan, the zombie thriller that captivated audiences worldwide, acclaimed director Yong Sang-woo, brings us Penicillia, the next nail-biting chapter in his post-apocalyptic world. John Suik a soldier who previously escaped a diseased wasteland relieves the horror when assigned to a covert operation with two simple objectives, retrieve and survive. When his team unexpectedly stumbles upon survivors, their lives will depend on whether the best or worst of human nature prevails in the direct, in the direst of circumstances. So, uh, yeah, you have that, people. Um, then, on the 8th of April, will be The Power. Okay, so, this 
is set in London 1974 as Britain prepares for electrical blackouts to sweep across the country. Trainee nurse Val arrives for her first day at the crumbling East London Royal Infirmary with most of the patients and staff evacuated to another hospital. Val is forced to work the night shift, finding herself in a dark, near-empty building. Within these walls lies a deadly secret, forcing Val to face both her own traumatic past and deepest fears in order to confront the malevolent force that infests and has an intent on destroying everything around her. Then on the 15th is The Banishing. Okay, so this is from acclaimed director Chris Smith. And comes the banishing which tells the true story of the most haunted house in England. A young reverend and his wife and daughter move into a manor with a horrifying secret. When a vengeful spirit haunts the little girl and threatens to tear the family apart, the reverend and his wife are forced to confront their beliefs. They must turn to black magic by seeking the help of famous occultists or risk losing their daughter. Yeah. Then people, on the 16th, new episodes of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. That debuts. And then new episodes every Friday afterwards. So, um, yeah, if you're a fan of that, you have that. Also, an event exclusive on the 18th of April at 8pm Eastern or 5pm Pacific is the 2021 Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. So, uh, yeah, we got that on the 22nd of April is Boys from County Hell. Welcome to Six Mile, a sleepy Irish backwater whose only claim to fame is the somewhat dubious local legend that Bran Stoker once spent a night in the local pub. It's home to Eugene Moffat, a young man who fills most of his days drinking pints with his friends and pranking tourists who come to visit the gravesite of Aberach. A legendary Irish vampire, some believe to have inspired Dracula. When a personal tragedy forces Eugene to go and work for his gruff, no-nonsense father, he finds himself on the site of a controversial new road development that threatens to destroy the town's livelihood. But strange events unfold when Eugene and the crew tear down a famous carom, believed to be the final resting place of Abarach. And they soon come under attack from a sinister force that has infested one of their workmates. As night closes in, the boys must fight for survival while discovering the true horror of a myth that hits much closer to home than any of them realise. So, people, you have got that and a whole lot more debuting on Shudder this April. So, if you're a horror fan and you don't have the platform, you're not really a horror fan, are you? 
Well, people, it is about that time again. So mark in your calendar the 17th of March, which is a Wednesday, until the 28th, which is a Sunday, you will be able to experience the 2021 BFI Flare Festival. So, obviously, because of the current situations, this year, Flair will be online, you know, but it will still be delivering a host, a host of incredible films, documentaries and shorts and other events, you know, it's got free streams this year, hearts, bodies and minds, so whatever you know, whatever type of film you like, horrors, romance, you know, thrillers, it is all here, and Echo Chamber will be covering it, so people, what is the Flare Festival, well, the BFI London LGBTIQ plus film festival is the UK's longest running queer film event, it began in 1986 as Gay's Own Pictures. By its third edition, it was tagged the London Lesbian and Gay Film Festival and since then has grown to become the largest LBGTIQ plus film event in the UK and its most anticipated. The festival changed its name to BFI Flare in 2014 to reflect increasing diversity of its films, filmmakers and audience. Uh, this year's festival is programmed by Jay Bernard, Michael Bliff, Zorian Clayton, Brian Robinson, Emma Smart and guest programmer Tara Brown. Right, and it is led by festival's director Trisha Tuttle. So people, mark it down. The um, booking lines are open. So um hit the episode details and um yeah, you will find you know links and all of that. So people, remember the 17th to the 28th of March is the 2021 BFI Flare Film Festival. Okay, so now we've got all of that out the way, let's get into this week's films. So people, it has finally happened. You know, I mean, it'd been talked about, we'd heard rumours, then it was announced. Then it was just a matter of time of waiting. Waiting, and Thursday the 4th of March was the day that coming to America finally dropped. So it was meant to come via Paramount. But due to the pandemic, you know, in Paramount, we're like, yo, we have forked out a lot of money. We need to recoup. So they, you know, they offloaded a number of films, right? And this was one of them. And Amazon picked it up, right? So uh, 
yeah, we were all able to watch it from the comfort of our own homes. So, 33 years after the original, 33 years. Now, I hope that's right. I feel it's right. My maths can sometimes be a little bit off. So, the original dropped in 88, which, man, like, when I saw it was 88, I was like, god damn. <laughs> you know what I mean? It didn't seem that long ago. That was like I was 10. I was goddamn 10 when that original film dropped. I have just dated myself like a motherfucker. But anyway, yeah, 88 people, so 33 years. They did a sequel, which I mean, it was is an odd one, right? It's an odd like to wait all that time, but it happened. So the um the original uh you know, writers, they came back, Barry W. Blustein and David Sheffield, right, they came back to um, write this, along with Kenya Barris, he helped, and um, the, the story, right, the actual story was devised by Blindstein, Sheffield, and Justin Canyu, so yeah, so once the story was in place, you needed a director. So they got Craig Brewer. You know, he did Hustle and Flow, Black Snake Moan, Black Snake Moan, something like that. You know, the snake and the moan. Back, boom. He did that. Right? And he also did Dynamite is my name. Right? That I feel that's where um Eddie kind of was like, you know what? This cat can do it. And you I enjoyed Dynamite Is My Name, we, and, and that was the film that kind of gave you, gave you, gave you, gave you hope, right, because we saw, oh shit, Eddie's still got it, man, Eddie's still killing it, okay, let's see how this is, right, so yeah, they came about, um, we had... You know, a host of people, man. But, you know, music was Jermaine Stiegel. Cinematographer is Joe Williams. And the cast. Well, the cast was, you know, it, it brought a lot of the classic people back from the original. So, obviously, you had Murphy, right? We had a senior hall back. You had, um, who else was in the original? Oh, James L. Jones, obviously, right? John Amos, um, man, so many people. <laughs> like, so, uh, just I mean, we can just see a lot of the people from the original, they're back, right? All, all, all of those people were back, which was great. You know what I mean? It was great, right? You know, Lisa. Yeah, she was up in it, you know what I mean, just, uh, everyone, but we added some, you know, like, uh, John Amos, you know, he was in the original, obviously, um, yeah, you know, Shari Headley, and we had, like, Wesley Snipes, we had Tanya Taylor, 
we had uh, Bella Murphy, who I'm presuming is Eddie's daughter, right? I'm presuming she's Eddie's daughter. Achille Love, Paul Bates, had uh, Louis Anderson, uh, Rotimi, Vanessa Bill Colloway, uh, Kiki Lane, Tracy Morgan, Leslie Jones, Jermaine Fowler. I mean, there were names. There were names, people. So the gist, right? You're thinking, what the fuck was this film about? Well, it's this. The African monarch Akeem learns he has a long-lost son in the United States and must return to America to meet he to meet this unexpected heir and build a relationship with his son. Right? That's the gist of the film you know so um was it any good <laughs> I mean, that's the big question that a lot of people are wondering and what it would seem depends who you ask right there's a number of people that are loving it and a number of people that mm, not so much right so um i think listen we start off, we start off with, it's his 30th birthday, you know, it, well, 30th birthday, it's the 30th anniversary, should I say, you know what I mean, it's the 30th anniversary um, of uh, his wedding to Elisa McDowell, right, and uh, yeah, he's, his dad, King Jafar Joffer, Jerry, old, uh, old James Jones, he's, um, he's dying, he's dying, and it's the whole big thing of, ah, you just had daughters, you know what I mean, I, I wanted to pass my kingdom on to a son, and when you die, who will you have, and blah, 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 but he is then informed, yo, you do have a son, you do have a son, right, so we, um, we then find out what happened, how that all came about, and that's what happened, right? So we get this mad cap, right? I need to go get my son, you know what I mean? So I've got an heir, all of the, I mean, I think just from that, you can imagine the story. Now, I think one thing with this is, it's not quite a Highlander free, right? And I think that's always a fear. Is it just going to be a retread? Right? But they do... I feel they do fall into the trap of wanting to recapture a lot of the, you know, the big jokes. Those hilarious moments from the first film. So we get a lot of those scenes kind of recreated. You know what I mean? A lot of those moments just done again. Like the whole barbershop. You know what I mean? Eddie and Arsenio playing all those different roles. You know, we get all of that. Sexual chocolate. Just all of those things are redone. Which, I mean... I guess, look, you will have to be the judge, you know, how you feel they all hit. For me, 
I didn't know if they worked as well. You know, I, I think a part of the whole magic was with some of those things, it was like the first time you'd seen it, you know? It's the first time you saw it, so it was just like, oh, god damn. You know what I mean? Like, he was able to do all of that? Okay. Awesome. But then, you know, he redid it in other films like The Nutty Professor and stuff like that. So it was just that, this rehash. But I, I feel the film also, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of things that kind of, felt a little off like the first time that we meet his son you know we we meet his son um you know Lavelle and like Lavelle is all uh, like uh you know it's like you get the sense right that he's you know he wants to step out of the shadow of his mum and uncle Reem you know, that's the sense that you get when you first meet him, that he's going for this interview and he wants to be, you mean, something better. He wants to be something bigger. He wants to move on, right? Not get judged. That's the sense that you get. But then I think in that interview, they do, it's one of the things that you see a lot of time, of late, right? People want to hit those buzzwords they want to hit those things people have been talking about all all of last year so you get the whole you know blackface you get the whole entitlement and black all of that all of that comes up right so we think of Lavelle as one thing but then, when, um, you know what I mean, when Akeem comes and finds Lavelle, it's like they're thinking, oh, we, we need to do something here. So then they switch him up. It's funny, we, we get a lot of the characters seeming to switch up who they are throughout the film, right? Which is, you're kind of looking at it at times, and you're thinking, wait, huh wait they were just this and now they're this what's that like what's happening here you know which is a little bit it's odd it's a bit odd now i think you get it you get what they're trying to do but it's just a little bit clunky yeah you kind of think oh okay Hmm. There's, there's other ways in which you can tell this story. There's other ways in which you can bring in this uh, kind of clash of cultures, of ideology. You know, there's other things you can do, but they, they want to play it up. Now, one thing that was a little bit odd, because we do get a, there is a hint for a moment right for a moment and i don't know if they cut some stuff or they had one thought and then they just decided to change it right but there's this point where it seems 
that we're going to get this reveal that Lavelle isn't actually gonna be, you know, Akeem's son, because, you know, when they're first discussing it, Mary is a bit like, oh, yeah, 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 no, you're the only person that I, yeah, no, it has to be, and you're like, hmm, hold on, right, but it then never gets addressed, and you're kind of thinking, alright, if you're not going to address it, why did you do that thing, <laughs> like, what was the point of, like, what's happening, also, right, when, I guess we're talking of Me Too and everything like that, you're basically saying that Mary rapes Akeem, that, I mean, you know, technically, that's what you showed, <laughs> but it, for some reason, it's not addressed, right, which is odd, it's an odd thing, the, you, you, you're not going to, uh, you know, bring that up, you're like, wait, what's happening here, you know, so we, we have all of this back and forth, all of this kind of thing, and I don't know, right, you, you get this whole bringing the, the Queen's cats, you know what I mean, to Africa, and it's a little bit of a, like to say buffoonery, I, that's a little harsh, it's a little bit harsh, but the, everyone is just playing to old stereotypes, you know, everyone's playing to these old weird stereotypes that you felt that we've moved away from, because remember, as I said, it's 33 years since the original film, like, a lot of things have changed, but the film acts a little bit like we, we haven't had that, there hasn't been all of this stuff that has changed in the meantime, right, so that's happened, so you get the, these characters, you know, Mary, Reem, Lavelle, all acting a bit like, you know what I mean, they, they uh, don't know how to be polite, right, to, you know, because, listen, you, you can be different, like, different is fine, but politeness, you know, it, it's a weird one, it, it's very weird, and I don't under, I don't quite understand why that's meant to be, like, funny, look, you can have a fish out of water, you can have, you know, a mix-up through translation, you could do all of that, that's fine, but, yeah, yeah, like, to have people coming with an attitude, kind of, like, just saying that, oh, yeah, black people, they're all gonna be, like, this, they're all gonna be just rowdy, and, you know what I mean, out for theirs, and, you know, it was just like, wait, what are, what are we doing here, you know, this is very weird, so there's all of that, now there's other conflicts that happen in the film as well, you know, because you've got this whole, you know, you need a son, 
right? You need a son to be able to replace you and all of this. They've been married for 30 years, right? They've been married for 30 years and it's kind of like, oh, only some of these conversations are getting had now, right? You know, Lisa is like, she gets really pissed at him and be like, oh, what about our daughters? And you're just like, wait, that's only happening now? How is all of this shit only, you know what I mean? Like, if when they had come to Zamoria, right, if you had seen that there had been countless of times, you know, where maybe they tried to make these changes, but they couldn't, or, you know, they'd just been, but no, they hadn't, right? So there's that. Now, they also do this, They, you know, they want to be funny. They want to be funny, so, you know, there's this scene where Lavelle and uh, th- this young barber lady, sh- they're talking about, this, you know, how great America is and how, you know, stuck in the way Zaboria is. Which, uh, I'm like, because they're saying, you know, oh, Zamoria's cinema is rubbish. Like, we make nothing good. It was a weird one. Because you think, African cinema, that's a huge thing, right? That's a a huge growing market, right? They now call a lot of, you know, the Nigerian films Nollywood. Yo, that's big. (laughs) Yo, Netflix have bought a gang tongue of those films. Yo, films and TV shows, right? We have all of that. Yo, there's a lot of South African films, you know, like, the African market is kind of, it's a growing thing. Now, is an acquired taste, but a, a lot of people like it. So to try and, and the same with the music, right? The, the, you know, there's a lot that is coming out of Africa. But the way the film kind of makes it is like, ah, oh, no, it's only, it's all rubbish, right? So America is the best films. But then you have the girl go, um... Oh, but the only good films I like are the barbershop films, which I'm like, really? <laughs> like, really? Yo, you, you have this whole running thing that, oh yeah, why, like, all Hollywood wants to do is make sequels and all of this, and there's no good films and blah, 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 blah. But in that, you are shitting on all the great black independent films, right? And I'm just, I scratch my head at that moment and go, wait, you didn't have to go and shit on all those black independent, what what are you doing? You know, stuff like the 13th, you've got Premature, you've got Loose, Clemency, you know, Mudbound, right? You've got stuff like, uh, you know, If Bill Street Could Talk, One Night in Miami, Queen and the Slim, you know, Ma Rani's Black Bottom, Get Out, Us, Fruitville Station, Sorry to Bother You, Moonlight, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, and obviously... Black Panther, which, 
you could tell that they wanted to try and take stuff from Black Panther in this, like all of the fight scenes and the, the sparring scenes and all of that, right, which I, I don't know, it never really, like you're looking at those scenes and they didn't really look like sparring scenes, right, you never really thought Eddie Murphy was really, you know I mean, he was really doing anything there, like, the way it was all cut, you could see, you know what I mean, he, he, they just put him in, in certain bits to kind of make out that he's doing all the biz, right, so it's all of that, but I guess, you know, the film for me seemed a little convoluted, a little rushed, especially towards the end, like, they jumped on that plane back and forth to, to America, like, so many times, and especially, you know, it'd be like, oh, thing is coming tomorrow, Are you, yeah, I'm just going back to, you'd be like, wait, that ain't, like, how would you do that, <laughs> how is that gonna work, it makes no sense, it makes no sense, and, and it was a bit weird, because you have this whole, there's this whole thing about, you know, love connections and arranged marriages, right, so you're thinking, okay, so the whole thing is, don't rush into things, you know what I mean, don't rush into things, you want to get to know someone, right, you want to get to know someone properly before you do it, but then they don't, <laughs> <laughs> they don't, and they still rush it, and you're like, wait, what, you just muddied the message there, what are you, you just muddied the message, man, what are we doing, and listen, I, I get it, right, you want to, uh, you want to put, a, 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 you know, and maybe showcase a lot of different black talent and all of this, which is fine, but if you're having all of these musical numbers in the film, which is, you know, fine, but there's so much good music coming out of Africa, why not utilise more of that? you know, having in Vogue, Salt and Pepper, Gladys Knight, and like, all of these people, you just be like, how about, this is the great time and place to, you know, give some shine to some big African acts, but they don't, like, they have one dude at the, the, towards the very end, and that's kind of it, so, ah, I just thought the film missed a lot of opportunities to do some things, right, just, uh, you know, miss these opportunities, like the jokes, I don't know, for me, nothing really hit hard, you know, there's a few amusing things, but like, you know, in those old Eddie Murphy films, I was laughing, I was laughing so hard, I wasn't in this, I didn't laugh, laugh once, which was a shame, was a shame, you know, and all the chemistry just felt, it didn't feel like it was there between anyone, 
You know, it was just like, we've got these big names, but no one, like you didn't really feel the love between people, right? In that first film, you really thought, ah, uh, you know, Akeem and Lisa, yes. Didn't in this, didn't feel that in this, you know? But I think this here, and it's not because I loved the first film, Right, I want to hate this film. And uh, you know, it's not that. And I didn't hate it. I just was a little indifferent to it. I just thought, you know, it's okay. It passed the time. But it could have been great. You know what I mean? It could have been great. And if it's not going to be great, did we need it? You know what I mean? But yo, know, plenty of people will like this film. You know, I I do think if you if you're a fan of those barbershop films, you know what I mean, and Beauty Shop and Girl Trip and you know, Little and what you know what women want. No, what men is it? What men want? The Tiffany Haddish one, you know, Night School and stuff. If you love those sort of films, I think this probably will speak to you more. You know what I mean? So, hey, this isn't going to be for everyone, but it's definitely going to be for some people. But it's, it's on Prime, right? So if you've got that Amazon Prime account, people, you can go check it out right now. Coming to America. Sometimes, people, I will say that a location of a film really is matched perfectly with, you know, the actual story of the film and the tone of the film. Because, you know, for the most part, films, you know, they, it's like we see a film that is meant to be shot in, I don't know, like Eastern Europe, right? And then you find out, oh, it's the, you know, countryside of LA I mean if there is a countryside but you know what I mean you know what I'm trying to say people right they lose you know a lot of times just a different location to represent something else but sometimes you feel yeah that couldn't have been shot anywhere else right that that was just perfect and I feel that is the case with the winter lake Right, this is the new film from director Phil Sherin. Yeah, it is written for, by uh, David Turpin. It is um, produced by Shakhed Bernerson, Gilles Ducoust, Catherine Domonaki, Patrick Elward, Patrick Fisher. Julian Ford, Anne-Marie Gellinas, Sylvian Gnut, Ayof McGinnell, and Ruth Tracy. Music is from August Murphy King, and cinematography is Rary O'Brien. So, our main cast is... Um, Charlie Murphy, she plays Elaine, 
Mother to Tom, played by Anson Boone. We then have Ward, played by Michael McElfahan, who is the father to Holly, played by Emma McKee. And, um, yeah, that, that's our main cast. We've also got a character called Cole, who's played by Mark McKenna. But, um, yeah, there's a few other people that kind of crop up. But for the main part, we're really focusing on, you know, Tom, Ellen, Ward and Holly. Right, so um, the gist, yes, the gist is... Um, is this essentially right um oh gosh what is it after making a grim discovery in a seasonal lake a withdrawn teenager discovers the truth about his neighbors a father and daughter harboring sinister secrets dum, dum, dum. so this opens up Right, we see countryside, and then it camera pans down, and um, zooms in, and we meet Tom. Right, he's hunched over, he's in a, a kind of a, a waterlogged field, and he's holding a skull, some sort of animal skull, using his like penknife. Kind of like a box cutter, Stanley knife kind of thing, right? He's using that to try and clean it off. Then he remembers, oh, there's a lake right by. So he goes over to the lake, cleans it. But his mum, you know, she's like, oh, get away from the lake. It's dangerous. So that's how we open up. Now he comes home, storms up to his room, slams the door. Right, and the following interaction, you kind of feel that, okay, he's, um, yeah, doesn't necessarily have a great <laughs> relationship with his mum. Okay, all right, we see what's happening here. All right, so, um, yeah, we, we then get to um, groups that they've just kind of moved to this house in the middle of nowhere right they don't have a phone they don't have anything tv yeah they they just moved she's goes into town to try and you know claim benefit um but you know she brings tom with her car breaks down they get they get helped out by their neighbors right father and daughter ward and holly so, you know, I feel Elaine is very happy because, you know, she doesn't seem to want to be there, right? Her, um, her granddad or dad, whichever it works out, right? He, he used to own the place, right? He's now dead. But, yeah, she, she's come, come back home. And you get the sense that it wasn't great for her some shit went down you know so um yeah she's not pleased to be back but we also learned that they're back due to something tom did 
Yeah, so they're in this weird situation. So she seems very pleased to um, have some people to talk to, you know, especially someone, I'd say her own age, but Wall does seem considerably older. And Elaine is very, she's very young, right? You can tell she had Tom probably early teens. Oh, no. When I say, uh, actually, when I say early teens, that sounds really bad. I would say she probably had Tom when she was like, I don't know, 16, 17. But we never really find any of this out. But you, but yeah, they don't look that far apart in age. So you're assuming that's what happened. Right, so, um, yeah, she's, you know, she's happy to try and get, get on very good terms with Ward. Well, so while she's working on that, Holly and Tom, to say they start to build up a, a friendship, I don't really know. Because Tom doesn't seem to talk much, doesn't seem to talk a lot. Right, you he's his lines for this film were probably on one A4 piece of paper. That's how much he talks in this film, right? <laughs> Which you it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it does I would say it's um makes it tough really to see a relationship to see you know some sort of friendship between the pair right but um yeah that's what happens right so you know they strike up but oh before all of that right before all of that happens old tom he goes back to the lake goes back to the lake and he you know he's looking for some probably new skulls and weird things he sees a bag though because yeah this lake it's a it's a thing it's where um you know sometimes it's full sometimes it's not right and we find out it's due to an underground river right but um yeah he finds a bag and yeah he he you know fishes it out and He's very, it seems he's very shocked at what he sees inside. So, yeah, we get that, but then he goes back to the bag, picks it up, takes it home. It's a skull, right? It's a skull. And, like, the film kind of goes, like, that seems to be the, the big thing of the film, right? This skull. And, and what he does with it. Now... I would say that there is a lot going on in the film that we have no, absolutely no knowledge of. Which, you know, I, listen, I've said it before, we don't always need to know everything. You know, it, it's good to have some mystery in things. But I, I kind of feel with this film, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that you kind of need to know to fully be able to get behind the storyline, right? Because uh, Tom, yeah, he doesn't say a lot. 
and you know i think people make assertions to his mental well-being within the film but yeah you're not quite sure but there's definitely some weird stuff right whether it's a trauma i who knows who knows right because he puts the skull in a box and then makes air holes for it now that is not a normal thing right that's not a normal thing so you you kind of feel to yourself okay why would he do that like why is he keeping this you know it, it, it's just uh it's an odd part of the film right and then there's other things that happen like um you know we, we hear that he helped his mum helped his mum in a, a kind of a bad situation but then in another part of the film we have him throw her over which doesn't necessarily fit the narrative right so we, we there's a lot of weird things that go down that don't really fit together you know again like the relationship between tom and holly you know you're like i don't really see a friendship forming because he's just doesn't talk he doesn't talk he doesn't look to interact he's you know moody right very moody and morose but then he does talk so it's just like if there was just a thing that was like oh yeah you know i'm i find it difficult to make i don't know something some reason for some of the stuff would have would probably have helped a lot here you know as the film goes on right we we find out the truth but yeah i think the truth isn't that difficult to find out you know you just have to look at body language and, and that kind of figure you'd be like okay right i see but then you know there's different things that happen like it's a very small village that it seems that they're living in. Now, if you get into a situation with someone and you bring a weapon with you, you kind of feel that, yo, you've got to do something because shit's going to come back on you, right? Shit's going to come back on you. And you know that, right? There's certain things that aren't, written down like you're not told but you just know you know through tv films books you know just stuff right you know but yeah there, there seems to be a certain ignorance to actions and whatnot right and then with the culmination of the film when we've heard that Tom did this thing to protect his mum, there is a thing that happens, and you're just like, wait, so what are you going to do about that? 
Like, but uh, nothing happens. It, just, it seems very weird, right, for this thing to happen, but have no no consequences for that action, right? We 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 see something happen, but it's not necessarily for this one incident, right? And, and you're just a bit like that doesn't really huh what is happening yeah and yeah the end i feel the end kind of seemed a bit messy right a bit messy now we understand like the actions to some extent right some extent you'd be like right yes no i i get that but on the flip you'd be like well, wouldn't that person want to, hmm, right? They're, they're, you Once you watch it, you'll understand, right? There's, there's certain things that happen that you kind of figure that there should be something there, right? They're, they're, you, you'd expect these people to move in certain ways, especially once you find out, like, things that have gone on you know, situations and, and the whatnot, you'd be like, ah, but, you know, if that has happened, wouldn't you want to, like, surely you would, you know, it, it, yeah, it's a bit, I don't know, doesn't necessarily make sense. The end is very dark as well. You know, a lot of stuff at night and, it, you know, outside no moon so there are certain actions and things that are difficult to see you know but the stuff during the day it does look nice you know the, the, the dreary galloway you know scenery works it works with this storyline people it's very dour <laughs> it's it's grim it is not a happy tale yeah, it's not a happy tale. So yeah, it it works to that extent, right? But I don't know. I don't know. It, it's a tricky. It is a tricky film. It's definitely not one for everyone. You know, it it, it it's it's not something that you're gonna put on to smile about <laughs> no it is it is definitely not that film right but yeah it depends what you want right if you want something along the like remember sleepers <laughs> like that was not a happy film like sleepers was not happy at all so, yeah, if you're down for a film about some tough concepts, yeah, I, I'd say this is probably, yeah, probably for you. Because it is, yeah, it, it's not a, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Be like, oh, yeah, oh, I'd like to go through that. No, no, you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't, right? So, um, yeah, if, um, you know, you you like a, how, now, what do they call, they, they class this film as a drama 
mystery thriller. Right? So if that kind of, you know, perks your ears, if you like a little, you know, indie, indie film, you know, with an Irish lilt to it, then the Winter Lake could well be for you, people. Yeah? Could well be for you. And if it is, well, mark the 15th of March as the date. Because, yeah, that is when you'll be able to get it on all your favorite digital platforms. So, mark it down, people. The um, 15th of March, the Winter Lake. It's coming. Okay, people, so I was lucky to come across Come True, right, which is another one of those films that I really wanted to watch at uh, last year's Fantasia, but wasn't able to. So, yeah, when this cropped up, man, I jumped on it, and it is intriguing as hell. Yeah, it, it, I think it's been categorized as a sci-fi horror film. But we'll leave that up to your imagination. It is, though, the second feature from Anthony Scott Burns. So he directs the film. He, uh, you know, he writes the film. And, um, you know, it's from... A, a story which he helped co-write with Daniel Weisenberger. And that's not all he does. <laughs> I mean, like, Burns is, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a busy motherfucker, right? He's also handling the cinematography. You know, he um, does the music in the guise of his pseudonym, right? Pilot Priest. He's also editing the film, you know what I mean? And, you know, it's an indie feature, so, yeah, sometimes you've got to wear all them hats, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, other people involved, right? So it's produced by Stephen Hoban, Mark Smith, and Brent Korchuk. And uh, our cast, our cast people, because they don't all get a... Uh, they don't all get a um, an actual name within the film, but we've got a few people. So our main characters are probably Julia Sarah Stone, who plays Sarah. That's our main, main character. She's got a friend called uh, Zoe, who's played by Tedra Rogers. Um, we've then got... Another main character, uh, Riff, right? In the film, he's got two names, but I think he's mostly known as Riff in the film. Uh, you know, he's also Jeremy, but it's Landon Liborian that, who uh, plays him. And there's uh, Dr. Myers, right? Dr. Myers, um, who's played by Christopher Heverington. And um, Anita, right, who's a, a colleague of Jeremy's. And that's, uh, she's played by Carly Risky. 
you know, um, other people up in the piece are um, Tiffany Helms, Skylar Radzion, uh, we've got Chantel Perron, Kaya Coleman, Eleanor Porter, Michelle Royce, Marla Rainey, John Walkington, Orin McCasker, and Caroline Bazanko. Right, so uh, the gist is this. Plagued by nightmares, a troubled teenager signs up to a sleep disorder study, hoping that it will finally stop her sinister dreams. She knowingly becomes the channel to a horrifying new discovery. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once you hear it, you do kind of think, actually, why am I watching this shit? You know what I mean? Why am I watching this? Right? And I, 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 the thing that kind of jumps out to me is there's parts of it that remind me of this horrifying thing. Right? It, it's, there's a, there was actually a, I believe it was a documentary on Netflix last year, I want to say, about, um, like, is it the Finn Man or something like that? Someone that people often see in their dreams. And it's like a, an imagery that, every, like, a whole host of people, like, have. You know, without talking to each other. Like, you know, DMT. When you talk to people that have been on DMT, they've all got kind of similar visions. Like, the, the imagery is very dis much the same. And that's the thing with these dreams, right? And so you get a sense of that in this, which not really what you want. <laughs> not really what you want. So, yeah, be warned. You know, watch this at an appropriate time of the day. Uh, but we open up with this eerie kind of... Uh, sequence right this eerie kind of sequence with you know it's very murky it's dark and we got the ominous music playing you know and then you know when it gets a little deep our, our character wakes up right wakes up and we find her sleeping in a park, right? This is Sarah. You know, so for some reason, she sleeps rough. Now, we then have her go back to this house, but she's kind of monitoring when a woman leaves, who we're assuming is her mother. So, you know what I mean? It, it's, we don't really know why. You know, there's a lot in this film where we don't get answers. You know, we don't know why she's not, you know, living at home. You know, because when she's not sleeping in the park, she's crashing at people's houses. You know, we, that's the thing. Her best friend Zoe, like, she, she stays with her. But we don't know why this is. Right? All we know, this happens. And from the look of it, She's, she's not getting great sleep. You know, she does look a, a little worn out, right? 
a little worn out. So there is there is this. We then see her in class. You know, she's at university. So we see her at class. And there's times when she drifts off. And she's drinking coffee. You'd assume to stay up. Right? Now, one day, she... Uh, you know, she, she you know, likes to have those boards at places, right? And you pulled a little leaflet, if you want to do this thing. And it's this sleep study. So she's like, listen, I can't sleep. And when I do sleep, I'm having these fucked up dreams. All right, let me do this thing. So we, we have her go to this sleep study. Which, again, very vague. Very vague vague in what the hell it is, right, so you're like, huh, okay, what's going on, right, what the fuck is going on, but it's intriguing, right, it's intriguing, you know, because we don't know, she doesn't know, so we're kind of finding a lot of stuff out through Sarah, which, you know, it, it does, yeah, it, it makes it good for the viewer because you feel kind of like a connection. You know, you feel a connection with Sarah that way. Uh, so the film is it, it's moving along like this, right? So other weird things happen. You know, we, we see her, we see her get mugged somehow, but we don't know what's happened. Right? Which is another one of those kind of questions that isn't answered. We just find her, you know, she, she's had something stolen from her, but we don't quite know what. Right? So you're just like, wait, huh? What, what, what's happening, man? What, what's going on? But, you know, she's just like, okay, fine, fine, fine. She's doing this sleep study. Now, we also then have this situation with Riff, you know, who she, she meets out of the study, right? Meets out of the study, and she thinks he's creepy, but, you know, there's this kind of pull, there's this kind of connection. And so all of these things, like, bleed together. And then we get, the, you know, more into this craziness but yo i have to say i have to say there's so much happening in this film that is just i don't know it feels different right it, it feels a little bit different like the visuals now a lot of the time we get these sequences that are just pulling you forward it's like a, um, man, I, I, I can't think of the word. It's like those computer games. You know what I mean? Like June and um, pers first person, like a first person shooter. Like uh, like the first person's pers perspective. You know what I mean? You're just kind of walking through. But it's when you're on that kind of fixed path. Right, which you can't 
veer off of. It's not a free-roaming game like a Final Fantasy here. That's what sometimes it feels like we're in. We're in this thing and you can't move. So you're being sucked through and it's dark. But there's, you know, certain things are lit. Right, certain things are lit, which then makes you kind of like, oh, what, what is this? Where are we? What's happening? Because you know there's more. You know, you know there's more, but it's just out of reach, right? Which makes it definitely super uncomfortable at times, right? Which that in itself. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's, it's crazy because it's that weird feeling, right? Where it's uncomfortable, but you you're in it, you're in it, you're in for this ride. Because it's just like, yo, what the fuck's going on? What is going on? So yeah, it is they. You know, Burns uses this. He uses this. The use of color. Because as I say, there's these points when. No, it's not so black and white, but we're in the dark, right? We're in the dark. So you get these interesting contrasts throughout the film. You know, it's not an overly bright film. Not an overly bright film. You know, which I think as well, it helps with that contrast, you know, we see her in a coffee shop, like, wearing a, a, an orange jumper t-shirt, you know, a blue um, dungarees, that's the thing, right? But, yeah, not really a lot of colour, you know? So, we have this. Also, these weird things that she sees in the dreams, they're not kind of um thrown at you all the time you know which plays on films like the thing and jaws you know where you don't see the monster don't see the monster until the end right so you get these glimpses you get these flickery you know points but it, it, it it's drip fed to you Right, so it builds up this tension because you know it's like, what are we seeing? Is, is this real? Is this like what? What is this? You know, so you've got all of this, and then the score. I love the score. I really love the score because it's moody, but it's not so much a case of, hey, this is how you're feeling right now. You know, this is the scary point, people. Okay, hold on. You're gonna feel happy. Three, two, what? No, the the score isn't so much that, but it's this kind of sync, um, synth even sync synth kind of eighties vibe, but not quite. Right? It, it's this unique kind of. It reminded me in some points a bit like broken bells you know that group um with uh danger mouse and um oh gosh i mean it's homie from the shins i think i think that's broken bells right but uh yeah you you get this great little soundtrack 
then the visuals visuals are kind of really intriguing and crazy the story man the story is this vague kind of thing this vague kind of thing but we get new kind of elements all the way through so you're just hooked you are hooked in this thing in this world thinking okay where are we going right where are we going and as i said look you have this connection with sarah but she's our you know she's our user guide essentially you know what I mean? that's how we're finding out what the fuck this is so we have this connection with her but then you know other people have this kind of connection with Sarah too, right, we, so it, we have these relationships that get formed, and it's all, oh man, it, it's something, right, I have to say, one of the creepiest bits of the film, <laughs> <laughs> this might be hyper royal right but it's when someone when you hear someone go hey for your age you're kind of you know you know a lot and then you fuck them right it's a bit like whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on you're basically saying that they're young but you know what i'm gonna dick them down anyway <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, yo, what the fuck, man? What are you, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Should that be a thing, right? <laughs> but I have to say, right, if you can give someone that D, right, if you can give them that D so much that you put them into a trance, A. <laughs> Oh my gosh, but this film, man, I really enjoyed this film, it is weird, it is freaky, yo, the acting, the acting is great, you know what I mean, like, as I said, we don't really have names for a lot of the characters, but the, the way the story unfolds, we don't really need them. You know, and it's not until after the story that you find out that actually, I didn't even get that person's name, right? Wait, who was that? Huh? You know what I mean? It's one of those ones, right? But yeah, everyone's, you know, they really bring these characters to life and give them depth without without us having to know too much about them, which is, you know, that's a difficult thing, right? Giving someone life without a lot, without a lot on the tapestry, right? You wonder, how much were they told about this person? Like, were they given, you know, a backstory for all the characters? Or did they have to just play it? Because, hey, either way, you know, do a really good job, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I think there's moments in the film where you think the story's gonna go a certain way, which, yo, that is, I like that, because, you know, there's things where you think, oh no, 
is she gonna get, you know, like, oh, are they gonna, ooh, oh, are they, you know, is it a harvest? Like, what? You know, you, you, you're thinking of, like, different freaky films, you know, or different urban legends that you hear, and you wonder, oh, is that where they're going with this? Oh, are they gonna do, ooh, you know, so your mind is moving, constantly moving, trying to work out where the fuck is this going, right? Where is this going? And I don't know if you're going to get the end, right? Because there is some crazy ass shit, right? We are taken in so many different directions, which is fascinating it is truly fascinating right and oh my god it, it listen when when it ends i'm like well there's a few bits towards the end where i'm like oh shit no wait are they oh fuck no 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 oh shit wait what Oh no! <laughs> and then it's just like a <gasps> whoa. Wait, that means, huh? It's like that, people. It's that roller coaster. Now you might not get hit like that, but that's how it was for me. And yeah, loved it. Right, loved it you don't always need this elaborate backstory don't always need it you know what I mean just sow them seeds give us the kernels of something and yeah let's go so listen right this definitely is one of those films that isn't gonna be for everyone right not gonna be for everyone but it's intriguing as hell. Now, in the um, you know in the editor notes that you get sent and all of that, it says that you know it's kind of like uh, you know possessor, right? Which we spoke about at the twenty twenty BFI, you know, London Film Festival. And I have to say, yeah, there is a there is an element of kind of possessor in this in being that weird different type of sci-fi you know it's, it definitely it's not the same story you know what i mean it's definitely not the same story but you know what i mean but it is one of them weird ass you know things going on that you're like huh, this is odd, right, this is odd, but I'm digging it, I'm definitely digging it, you know, which, yeah, I like that, I enjoy that a lot, so if that's, you know, the kind of thing that you like people, if you like them different, weird, twisty, twisty type of stories, you know what I mean? If you like those, then 
yeah, I, I have a feeling that you're gonna dig this. You know, I got a feeling you're gonna dig, um, yeah, come, uh, come true because, uh, you know, it is, it's odd. It's odd, but it's definitely satisfying. It is definitely satisfying. And, you know, that's, that's what you want in a film, right? It's a bit like every time I die, you know, which, uh, you know, we spoke about, oosh, I don't know, man, towards the end of last year, you know, I think it was around October, end of October, um, you know, it, it's, there's elements of stuff that you've seen before, but then it kind of takes you somewhere else, you know, so people, check it out, it's great, loved it, you know, hats off, you know what I mean, definitely hats off to uh, Anthony Scott Burns, Anthony Scott Burns, Julia Sarah Stone, Landon Liborian, you know what I mean, Tedra Rogers, right, Carly Risky, and the rest of the crew, because you have really done something fun here, really done something fun, I mean, I say that now, right, I don't know if I'm sleeping well tonight, so if I can't, yeah, I may, I may come and uh, reverse my feelings on the film, but as of right now, yeah, go check it out, oh, yes, the, um, the other important thing that you should know, okay, so, it's an odd one, right, so it was meant to hit cinemas on the 12th of March, which, I don't know, there might be some cinemas that are open, you know what I mean, doing a little ting and ting, if they are, 12th of March for that, otherwise people, it will be on digital download from the 15th, okay, and then, all you disc lovers, and trust me, it ain't no DVD, this is straight Blu-ray, Right, so you can pick up a limited edition Blu-ray on the 5th of April, okay? So, cinema on the 12th, digital on the 15th, and Blu-ray on the 5th, okay? So, mark those dates down, people, and remember, you want to go check out Come True. <laughs> Okay, people, so, how great do those films sound, right? Trust me, it's all about Monday. You need to check out Come True, the film, whoo, something a little crazy right there, people. But, before we uh, say adieu, let's take a look and see what's happening, you know, with some up-and-coming films and all of that shenanigans. Alright, so, um, Amblin, 
are getting ready for a new film so to think with this one right it's being written by um, Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner but I don't think they will have to kind of go too far for the story itself because the film is going to be based on Spielberg's childhood yes it's an interesting one right because um you know they, they're having michelle williams play a character that is supposedly you know spielberg's mother but they're saying she's going to have a separate and original voice so basically anything in the film that his mum ain't you know pleased about it'd be like yo that's not you that was all made up <laughs> this is a new character when really it's all his mum right it's all gonna be his mum but yeah it's about him growing up in Arizona right so they're looking for the kids to play him at the different stages but yeah they're looking to um you know get rocking on this in the summer supposedly uh-huh all right now uh, there's some a lot of craziness happening right there's a lot of craziness happening right now when it comes to you know I mean, old stuff being shelved because oh we don't like it anymore you know what I mean? uh, one of those things is Pepe Le Pew right because we have Space Jam a new legacy hitting in July and um, you know Pepe was a big part of the first film in 96 he is not gonna be in this one yep they uh, they filmed because you know it went through a, um, a couple of directors people remember that so our first director Terence Nance he filmed the scene with Le Pew, but when Nance left and Malcolm D. Lee came aboard, he was just like, nah, no Pepe. So Pepe is gone. And um, also, right, a- another character in this film that is going to be very, very different is... Um, Oh gosh, what's the what's the um, Lola Bunny? That's it. So you know, ah, car- like cartoons, they're not real. <laughs> they're not real. And so you have characters that look ridiculous. And um, yeah, Lola Bunny, obviously she looked ridiculous, right? But they have changed Lola's looks. One funny thing is, you know, uh, they said we've decided to, um, you know, really focus on her athletic prowess. It'd be like, no one, no one knew Lola Bully had athletic prowess. Like that wasn't a thing. What are we doing? What are we doing? And if they're doing this, anime is gonna take a huge hit because let's be real. Anime has so much wrong with it. You know what I mean? Come on, people. <laughs> Alright. So, talking about anime, right? So, Sony Pictures Animation are looking to merge 
anime and K-pop. Yes, they've got a new film coming from Maggie Kang, uh, Chris Applehands, Aaron Warner, Hannah McMechan, and Dana Jimenez. And it's going to be called K-Pop Demon Hunters. That's right, people. K-Pop Demon Hunters. Right, so the idea is these K-Pop musicians, right? They're using a renowned girl group, right? They make music by day, but at night they speak. You know, they moonlight as supernatural slaughterers of the demon kind. <laughs> so it's going to be a colourful film. They're saying it's set against a colourful backdrop of fashion, food, style and music. Yeah. So if you like the look of Rayad and the Last Dragon... It's production designer Minju Helen Chen and um, art director Amy Thompson are gonna be on board this to um, you know give it that pizzazz. So yeah, people, I definitely know that an Ava Blair will be very pleased about the the sound of this one. I mean, little anime and K-pop. Ho <laughs> ho people. All right. So um, we know there's a Borderlands film coming. Um, it's already got Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, Jamie Lee Curtis, Arena Greenblatt, you know, Tiny Tina, Jack Black. Yo, there's a there's a lot of people um, on board. Craig Mazin is writing it, and they have just got a new character um, to join up. So we will be seeing Florian Montenu joining the um, the film uh, to play uh, Craig. Craig. Krieg, you know, K-R-I-E-G, yeah, that's what he, that's who he's going to be playing, so, um, yeah, Ellie Roth's, you know, film is definitely taking shape, alright, show also, now, I have to say, right, the title of this new Universal film definitely has you intrigued, right, it's called Cocaine Bear, Thinking like cocaine bear? Huh. Okay. It's been directed by Elizabeth Banks. Yo, we've got um Phil and Phil Lord and Chris Miller. They're producing it. Right? Um and people. I don't know because like yeah the title sounds great but the film is it's inspired by a true story supposedly right so in 1985 in Kentucky an airplane pilot he dropped a bag right a duffel 
which was filled with over 70 pounds of cocaine. Right, so, um, yeah, you obviously, they're trying to smuggle the drugs, but instead of getting picked up, the, the bag of coke was eaten by a 175 pounds black bear. But then the bear died of an overdose. So, I mean, I was, you know what I mean? That as a story is a bit like, meh. Now, if the bear goes to a nightclub and starts partying like a motherfucker, hey, I'll watch that film. <laughs> I'll watch that film, right? <laughs> so we will see if they decide to take artistic license, alright? <laughs> now, April, people, that looks to be a date where a few things are dropping. Alright, so um Screen Gems will be um having their horror feature The Unholy come on the 2nd of April. Right, it's directed by Evan Spitopoulos and it's based on Shrine, a book by James Herbert. Right, so it's about a um a young girl. You know, she's um, deaf, but all of a sudden, you know, she gets her hearing back. She, um, you know, she's speaking and healing the sick after a vision of the Virgin Mary. But a disgraced journalist starts to investigate and soon discovers terrifying events which have begun to happen around the place yeah so that's coming on the second uh now also on the second is concrete cowboy right so this is um the new idris elba led film which also stars caleb mclaughlin right it's uh, a true story and um, basically, right, a teenager, he moves from Detroit to Philadelphia to live with his estranged father. And um, whilst there, he discovers his dad is part of a neighborhood community that cares for horses. Right, so um, yeah, this is coming through Netflix. And also, uh, coming through Netflix will be the Beast. Yes. So this is a um. Yeah. This is some kind of cra- supposedly it's based on a true story, right? It is set in an 18th century English village, besieged by a mysterious and elusive beast that has slaughtered dozens of innocents and whipped up the villagers' anxiety into a patriarchal fantasism the impossible task of killing the beast falls to a lowly trapper who promises he can stop the carnage a man with a deeply personal reason to wipe out the monster yes so yeah there you go people that is happening and um yeah the film is going to be written by Kurt Stutter 
you know, he's also going to be directing it and producing it. So, um, yeah, I don't know, could be interesting, right? Now, another film, but this time coming up through Amazon, is called Fuel, right? So, um, it is basically, right, about a getaway driver who is coerced into working for a criminal and breaking all the rules set out that, um, yeah, she's uh, created for herself, right? So the film is from you know, Misha Green and uh, Jumi Smollett, right? Kate Wood is writing the script, you know? Now, it does sound a little bit like Drive or Baby Driver, but, you know, it's got a female... You know, twist to it So, ah, you know And, you know, Green Smollett work extremely well together on Lovecraft Country So, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm there already, people So yeah, we have that coming um, And people, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago But you will be pleased to know Right, that um, Barb and Star go to the Vista Del Mar is um, coming to a regular VODs on the 26th of March. Right, and if you're a DVD Blu ray person, that will be dropping on the 6th of April. Okay. And people, let, let's end with this. Like, it, I, I feel it's something that it's nothing new, right? I feel everyone has figured this out over the, you know, last year. But THR, right? They decided to do a survey along with Morning Consult, and they're saying that. 90% of HBO Max subscribers and 64 of those who weren't were more likely to purchase a streaming service subscription if it included newly released films the same day they are released in theaters for no extra cost. Right? But I don't think there's anything, like everyone knows. Like, day and day release is now a thing. People want it. Right? People want that option. I don't think it's going to kill cinema. Right? It will force cinema to up their game and stop giving a subpar service. I mean, that's the main thing that will come from this. Because you can't beat the cinema experience, the sound, the comfy chairs, you know what I mean? Just being in that room, right, when something crazy happens, right? When that happens, it's, you know, incredible, right? That mass reaction. When Samuel Jackson at the end of Iron Man, Iron Man turns up and says, I'm working on putting a team together called the Avenger. Oh, everyone went crazy. 
The energy in the spot was insane. Right? And people loved that. So you're not losing cinemas. But you are giving people that can't get to them. You know? An opportunity to share in films. At the same time as everyone else. So, yeah. It's coming, people. It's coming. But. That is us. We are done. Alright. Remember, film's dropping on Monday. And we will be back next week. Plus, BFI Flare. That's all coming. So, people. Hey. Your film services and needs are going to be catered for nicely. See you next week, people. Peace.